is he my best friend in the world? And then I felt like I threw him off with that. Like, so how do you awkward. come back from that? And then, like, it was almost like a dating thing. Like, do you really think I'm your best friend in the world? Like, like is this how you treat you. your best friend in the yeah. world? Like, you never call him, never check in. Welcome to the Trap Says Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And in this week, we are going to clean up what we didn't do last week and tell you why Kim said no to a contract here in Poughkeepsie. And why sometimes you need it's better to leave money on the table than it is to take it. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll get into that. Okay, so we are picking up part two because we had so much fun talking about TravCon and it went on for days. Um, so if you missed that one, go back and check that one out. Um, it's always fun to talk about like recapping TravCon. Um, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And also, if, go check out I'mTravSess.com because it might be up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in this minute that we're talking about it, it's not. But this is going to come out in like two weeks. So I really feel like it's going to be up. So go check out I'mTravSess.com and look at the backpacks and look at the cool merch and get yourself a little something special. And tell your friends about it. And tell your friends. And a portion of all profits from the merchandise and the backpacks go into the Travses Impact Fund that we are trying to grow. And every month we give whatever's in that impact fund to different organizations that are making a difference in the world. So here's, so. The, here's the funny thing about that impact fund. I want to grow that beast so that we can do like Travses Impact Fund, like Travses itself. So if we do adventures, we can do donations to like cool things. But we like to give to organizations that are doing big things like Be Strong and there Flight. was Flight and a couple others that we donated to. Um, oh, Charity Water mm-hmm. um, and, and some others. And so we keep donating the money and I want to build it up so that we can have this like Travcest fund. Yeah. Like for instance. For our, for our own community. We want to do one of our goals for this year is or for next year. We want to plan a Travcest adventure trip to Bali. And we also want to incorporate some volunteering where we go into the village of one of our friends there who's from that village and to give eyeglass, do eye exams and give eyeglasses to the people that are in this village who do not have access to healthcare or glasses or anything like that. So it's something we feel really passionate about and want to be able to do. And I would love to use the Travis's Impact Fund to be able to, you know, buy the glasses and you have to get the kits in order to do the exams and all the things. So like just being able to like use that to also go do trips and volunteering with our community of people and be able to like uh help with the costs for people mm-hmm. and stuff like that like that's our like big vision goal is to do a volunteer trip and use the traps as impact fund to be able to like fund a certain amount of people to come on the trip with us right and that's Anyways. like in near future plans but there's so many things down the road that i want to get to that hopefully that impact fund grows but let's sell some backpacks sell some merch <laughs> Um, We say the more we grow, the more we give. Yeah, I love that. So make a difference, give back, and also support us and this show and have a really cool travel backpack and a cool shirt that has a plane on it. That's just obsessed with travel. What Mm. else do you need in life? Nothing else. Okay, go to travsess.com and let's get into it, daddy. Whoa. Flight room, please prepare for departure. Okay, so we realized too, 
Last week we were talking about like our flight from hell and how we almost like <laughs> crashed, but nobody cared because we were too hungover. And we completely forgot to talk about how we kicked off that whole trip oh. staying at the coolest, coolest airport it, hotel well, in the world. All right, let me let me preface. And Aaron this. got me shit faced. Let me preface this. We're going to talk about this real quick because we don't want to get so far into this topic <laughs> that we miss out on the actual like title of this podcast. Right. Um, I just realized the last podcast we did, we said it in the title that we were going to talk about it and we didn't even get to it. So We had too much fun. Anyway, this was such a travcest adventure. I mean, literally, Kim and I have realized that, obviously, the, the plain travcest obsessed with travel, it's, it's in our name, it's in our DNA, but we've grown especially obsessed with airport hotels. And we stayed in the Orlando hotel um, in the airport, first time ever staying in a hotel like that. And I surprised Kim before we went to Rome and Greece and Portugal and all that. And then when we came home from this last trip, we stayed at a hotel that Kim's always had her eye on that overlooked the SFO runway. It's not as intimate as like the airport hotels, but it's like, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, it's in like our favorite park mm -hmm. that we used to run when we lived in that area and the runway is right there. And so yeah. we would always run by that hotel and people would be outside having a cocktail or a coffee. And I was always like, one day I really want to stay here and we can stay up all night and just watch the planes. Which we did. Which we did. We had takeout from Orin's. And we watched the planes. Yep. So now we, I found out through Instant Messenger or Instant Messenger. What's that? Instagram. Like, Instagram. Thank you. What's Instant Messenger? Okay, how old are you? I know. That God. Instant AOL. Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> yeah. Um, that the best airport hotel in the United States, from people's opinions, was the uh, TWA hotel at JFK Airport. They said if you're into airport hotels, you have to stay there. So I realized we were flying out of JFK, and I didn't want to wake up at 3 in the morning here in Poughkeepsie, drive down, find parking, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, let's just stay down there. Oh, what a good opportunity this is. And I booked it. Okay, and can I just give like a quick little rundown of like where I became an aviation Geek. You already have though. No, this isn't this isn't the same. It's super quick. But like okay. I feel because we're what do they call us? Aviation nerds or aviation sure. geeks? Remember they said this is like an aviation geeks uh, aviation nerd playground or mm -hmm. like dream. And I realized there's a term for it. And I'm like mm -hmm. that's us. Like we're obsessed with the planes. But and I've said that before. My stepdad used to be a pilot, and um, for a small, he just had his own small plane, and he would fly for fun. Like that's like a, his hobby. And he would deliver newspapers and different things to different airports and stuff. And so he would he started taking me flying when I was really young with him. And that's how I got into like airplanes, airplane life. But one of my favorite memories is that we lived in St. Simons Island, Georgia. And Jacksonville Airport was maybe an hour from there, which is so funny because that's where I ended up living. And like mm -hmm. we lived in Jacksonville. No, no, that's crazy. Like weird. Um, but because you went to Arizona in the meantime, right? St. Simons to Arizona. Yeah. So we moved. So you didn't even move straight from St. Simons to Jacksonville. No, like we moved from Rhode Island to Connecticut to St. Simons Island, Georgia to Sedona, Arizona, 
and then over to uh, Palm Coast, like Flagler okay. Beach. Yeah, which is crazy. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't, we weren't in, from Florida, live there, whatever, but that was the big airport, okay? Because Brunswick doesn't have, like, a big airport. That's where... And Atlanta's too far. Right. So, like, Brunswick is where he kept, like, his plane, because it's small. It's, like, a private airport. Mm-hmm. But Jacksonville was, like, the international airport. So, as, like, a fun, like, trip, like, day trip on the weekend... He would load us up and, well, me and my sister would come too, but she wasn't that into it. And he would take us down to Jacksonville. And at the time they had this huge observation deck on top of the airport that like you could just go into. Pre-9-11. Yeah. Like you didn't have to have a ticket. You didn't have, like you could just go up there. And so he would take me up there and we would literally sit for hours and just like watch the planes and like talk about them which now that i know airports jacksonville is not that busy of an airport (laughs) they have like a couple flights coming in and out uh, but I just remember like sitting up there and be like, wow, this is like the best day of my life. And, like I would beg him to like take me back to Jacksonville because he w- we would always go to like where his plane was at the little airports. But I would always be like, can we go see the big planes? Like I want to watch the big planes. And so he would take us down there and then we would go to Grandy's mm. afterwards, which get the gravy is and like um, French fries. French it's fries. like poutine. Which is really disgusting to think about now. But yeah, it's like this fried chicken place that has, they're famous for their huge french fries that you dip in gravy. And uh, it was like our favorite thing to do. And I would beg to go and watch the planes. And and it's funny now because like that's still, as an adult, my favorite thing to do. And I feel like that's become our thing. It's like we love to go and stay at these places and just watch the planes take off. Well, and I'll just throw in, I, my, as a kid, I used to love the Orlando International Airport and the tram to get to the... You leave the terminal and you go on the tram and then it's all the planes. And I remember the feeling and the smells of the jet fuel and just the excitement. But like my whole thing is like, it's not more or less the planes in general. It's just the excitement of them turning on that runway, hearing those engines go, and then knowing like they're going on an adventure somewhere. Mm-hmm. They might be coming, going home, but for me as a kid, it always resembled adventure, and it still does to this day. That's why the Travis logo is what it is with the runway and the plane taking off because it's that feeling, and I just like feel that for everybody. They're getting settled in. I don't know how long their journey is, but like they're going somewhere different. Yeah. Well, I remember this will be the last story I tell, but even when I was like a kid. Like, the first time I ever... Remember Wings? Did you get yeah, Wings? Yeah, So, like, when you were younger and you traveled without an adult... So, we lived in Georgia and my dad, my like biological father, lived in New York. And so, my sister and I would fly up and, and go spend the summer with him or go see him, whatever... And so when you didn't have a chaperone or they would give you a chaperone and they would give you these little wings and it was like your first wings that you would get. I remember thinking like, this is so cool. And even back then, I mean, I think the first time I started flying, I was probably like, and not like a big plane like that was like maybe four, like super young, five, whatever. And I remember even at that age being so like of course it's like we were going to see my dad and like the family or whatever but I remember being so excited like do we get to get back on that plane and like come back home like that was always my favorite part of like and do we have like a connection so then we get to do another takeoff I always wanted to do as many takeoffs as we possibly could to get to where we're going I street flights I know and then I'd be so I still to this day hate street flights well now I think I kind of like them more because like 
you know, it's I mean, like as long, long as the connection's layovers. not like crazy, but like I like to get out in the airport and explore. Yeah. But just getting there and then being so excited to to be like, I get to do this all yeah. over again. Yeah. So I feel like my love for like the aviation world started very, very young. And it was something that I was always I felt so inspired by and excited about. And just, I don't know, there was something always about it that I'm like, I love this life. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just really cool that we both have that obsession with yeah. it. Yeah, which again is crazy that... My dream was always to be a flight attendant because of just my obsession yeah. for the airports and the travel. And I somehow went into healthcare. And it, right. Like, it's so, because all like, like, like arrows are pointing to that was like the perfect job for me. Yeah, but look what you've done now. No, no, I know. It's just, and I have like, obviously I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, but it's just funny to be like, how did I get into healthcare? It's like the most inspirational Yikes. movie I've ever seen. What was that movie? I brought it up the oh, other day. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! You guys have look to see both it. ways. It look yeah, look both ways. You're right. It looks like it's gonna be corny, but it's actually Dude, really good. It, the message behind it, I don't know. It just really resonated with me about you can take two different paths, but they ended up in the same spot at the same time. Spoiler alert! But yeah, like, like it's you, a really cool story. Like if you have to make a decision in life, you can. There's always different routes that you can take, but trusting that you're always going to end up exactly where you need to be, even if you take a different path. Yeah. So they're showcasing these different paths, and yeah, like I know I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, but it's just such a contrast to like being a flight attendant and traveling to like being a health in healthcare. Well, yeah, and I know? always used to look up and ask my mom if we could stay in that hotel. And she's like, no, in Orlando? it's way too expensive. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, because I had no reason to want to stay there. I just thought it was cool that the elevator was in the main terminal. Yeah. Like, you know, and it went up, and people were getting off, and anyway. So I feel like our loves combined, and yeah. now it's become our thing. Oh, yeah, I want to yeah. go to every single one of them. Yeah. That I can. Even, like, even outside the country. Everywhere. Yeah. 100%. That'd be so cool. Well. But, okay, go. Okay. So, the TWA. Well, oh. the last thing I'll say is, <laughs> no, because I just thought of this, but for our 13th wedding anniversary, yeah. which is next year, we think. This year's 12. So, this yeah, next 12. year's 13. Our dream. Cause so, 13 is like a very special number to us. Like, it's, you know, we got married on the 13th. Uh, we bought our, our first house. home. It closed yeah. on the 13th. We got engaged on the 13th. Yeah. Not the totally random. Which, yeah, it's just like a, it has good vibes, it does. you know? Which 13 has like kind of a, like a, to other people, a negative, it's negative. But to yeah. us, we love it. So, we're like, 13, like, this is our year. This is our best year yet. And so, we're like, okay, we're going big for 13. So, we're going to go to San Martin Island, which has that crazy, Google it, airplane. Beach, airplane beach and you literally are like on the sand and the planes are coming in and they're touching like you can literally touch them yeah. and it's just funny that i found a better one in greece what uh-huh. we'll talk later i found a but better island in greece i just love that that is such a mutual love of ours that we're like our ideal like way to celebrate an anniversary is go to a beach and like watch planes take off yeah, like you totally. are my person yeah totally no i know it's <laughs> I, I can't wait for it. Now, I totally forgot to tell you about the Greece island. Yeah. And I saw it because of those, like, scary plane videos we watch where, like, the weirdest takeoffs yeah. and stuff. Well, one came in too low at that beach. Oh, oh yeah. It was okay. it was literally skimming the people's heads. Like, what? And I was like, okay, we have to go there. Nobody talks about this. Oh, my god. And it's in Greece. Okay. So. Okay. Anyway, 
I thought it'd be cool to do a 13 year wedding anniversary, do like a really cool villa in Santorini, then go to that island. Down. Twist my arm. Okay, so TWA is the aviation nerd's fucking dream. Yeah. And so do you want to say what it is? Yeah, so basically it's set in 1962. It's the old TWA terminal in JFK. They basically took it and turned it into a hotel, but kept like the flow of it. So it's like the old ticker, like for the flight things, like everywhere, still set in the 60s, still has like the airport bar, um, the big floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking the terminal. I mean, it is literally locked in time, but so amazing. And when we say it's an aviation person, like, nerd, I just mentioned that at the counter, and the girl was like, it really is. People come in here dressed in, like, that aren't even pilots mm-hmm. and aren't even flight attendants in, like, 1960s style, and they walk around, they take photos. It literally is, like, the place to be Which for I people that love aviation. That. I know. I wish we would have got married there. That's what we said. I was like, how could we not have gotten married here? But we are. I want to hire a photographer, if you know anybody, that will shoot our backpacks at that airport. Yeah, there was actually a photo shoot going on. And we're like, wow, this is genius. Because when we were getting photos for the Travis backpack, like it's an airport backpack. And that's, I mean, that's what it's built for, right? And like going through security and having all your stuff right there. And so the photographer, they had to like Photoshop pictures to try to make it work because it's very hard to like go into a real airport yeah, and try to like walk like, around go with to TSA and like, yeah. hey, let me, uh, let me Just pose kidding. real quick. Yeah. So we were like, wow, this would be the perfect place because it's staged exactly like an airport. So there was a couple there that was having this full on photo shoot, like they were traveling and I'm like, that's genius. So yep. check, like we're going to do that and we should do that while we're here, by the way, we Agreed. should find somebody. Um, So not only is it a hotel that is in the old terminal, but outside they have an, um, like out on the tarmac, they have this old plane, this TW plane called Connie that has retired and they've turned it into like a cool bar. So you can walk out onto the tarmac, walk up, you know, onto this plane, like go into the bar and there's a roller skating rink. On the tarmac. On the tarmac. So basically there's people going into JFK to get their flights. And leave from their flights. And there's people out there, us, roller skating on the tarmac underneath the Connie. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's like such like a legendary place. Yeah. And like all throughout, it's almost like a museum too. Like they have all this different like history and pictures and different things that you can learn about um, like the old hotel and Connie and all, like all the things. So it's just such a cool experience. And then you, the bar, so they had this rooftop pool. Oh, God. And it was, I mean, side note, it wasn't the best experience because of, like, they were still doing COVID precautions. So, like, you had to make an appointment and they had to clean. You only had a couple hours up there and... Yeah, that part Which was, was kind of nice lame. because it limited the amount of people that were up there. Yeah. So, I kind of liked that. There wasn't a fight at the bar. For, yeah. for drinks, which was probably a pro and a con. <laughs> well, okay, so we go, we go, we finally get our appointment because we had to make. But we one. went downstairs and had a drink at the old style retro bar in the actual tarmac. Yeah, or, yeah, in the like, like area where you would be checking in or yeah. whatever, which was really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and then so we go up to our appointment at the bar upstairs. It's like a pool, and then 
so it's a bar it's outdoors it's a rooftop and it's overlooking the second largest runway in the country it's like three miles long so it's got like all the big boys taken off there right mm-hmm. like they need more length and then um another runway so like basically you have two runways going and then you had two terminals back to back so the planes are taxiing out and being reversed out and all sorts i mean you can basically see right in the windows yeah you're right there it was so cool like so we're out there like well we have to like have a drink like obviously you know twist my arm yeah and we're like let's watch the planes have a drink like we were leaving the next day to go to vegas right so we're like oh we'll just have a drink we're kicking off this whole trip like this is so cool and I, I, I don't know what so they the, put in those the, drinks. The problem was, was I ordered one drink and she was making a drink for somebody else. And I look and she didn't use any shot glasses for Patron. And we do tequila, club soda, and lime. And like, she just poured like half a bottle almost into both of these drinks. And I was like, okay, that's good. That is not like a watered down crappy drink that you're paying a lot of money for. I was like, this is going to be good. But what I realized is Kim and I were coming off of a solid workout week. We had not, like, eaten dinner. And mm, um, we hadn't been drinking for a couple weeks. Yeah. And so our livers were ready to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, oh, my, it's like, we, so we were sitting out there, like, having our drinks and watching the planes. And just, like, having the best time. And then we came up with this new idea that we're building this Airbnb property that's going to be all these old planes. And we'll refurbish the planes and then turn them into, like, awesome hotel. Like, not hotel. Like, rooms for people to stay in. Non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> well, and then we're like, we just need, like, millions of dollars. And, like, we're good. Like We were, like, cheersing to it. We're like, cheers to our next adventure. Like, this is amazing. Like, we were doing it. So then I'm like, well, we have to have another drink to cheers. So at that point, I should have checked checked in with myself. But I was like, we got to have another one, like, before dinner. Our dinner was at, what, 8? And so, yeah. like, it was, yeah, it was only like seven fifteen. So I was like, we gotta have another drink. Yeah. So we get one more, and next thing you know, Kim and I look at each other, and we're like, uh oh, shit, face, hammered. We're like, how did this happen? Uh, yeah. Like we were being so innocent. It was like three drinks in three hours. So it was like one drink an hour. Yeah. It's not really like. Not that much. It's not hustling. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we were hammered yeah. <laughs> and having the best time watching the planes, all the things. And then we like go to dinner. And the dinner was a Michelin star oh, yeah. chef inside that TWA hotel, which then is basically what looks like an air traffic control kind of style. What like used to be the old air traffic control. It's what it looks like with yeah. all the, the windows. Yeah. But it's like completely circular overlooking. You can see the planes landing from dinner. Yeah. It was so cool. We were wasted during dinner. Oh yeah, you left. You lost your phone. I lost my phone, which where we you don't left know. it outside. Which we but didn't you go had outside. it at dinner. We didn't go outside. Sketchy. I we think there was outside. foul we, play. We went out to the Connie to see if it was open and it was closed. Yeah, but I didn't leave my phone on. We I just know. like yeah. So we spent like an hour looking for my phone. Finally found my phone. Went up to the room, went to bed, all the things, and like got up the next morning. So our flight the next morning was at 9 a.m., which was really nice because the hotel, you walk down the hallway and we flew JetBlue. So it was really convenient for us. So you walk down the hallway and you're in the JetBlue terminal. It was connected <laughs> to the Terminal 5. Yeah. So if you ever fly out of Terminal 5 of JFK, then you can stay at the hotel. Yeah. Just know it's very expensive. 
Oh, God, yeah. It was one of the most expensive hotels I've ever paid for. Well, Aaron, like, texted me. He's like, so I really... I have this, like, awesome surprise that I know is going to blow your mind. It's going to be the best night of your life. Like, I really want to do it, but it's really expensive. So I just don't... I don't know. I can't pull the trigger. Yeah, I can't pull the trigger. I can't pull the trigger. And I'm like, does it involve planes? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, maybe. And I'm like, dude, I'll never say no to a plane experience. That's what we're like. We can make more money. We can always make more money. But the fact that, like, we were in JFK, you know what I mean? We're already here. We're flying out of it. It was... It was worth every penny because it was such a cool experience. Yeah, because we always fly United, so we always leave out of Newark. Right. And so it's like random that we end up at JFK. Right. So the next morning, we so we had to be at the airport at like 7.30 because we were like literally right there. It was so close. So convenient. That was the other thing because if we didn't get a hotel room, we were like an hour and a half from JFK. So we would have had a left at like four in the morning. Some, and then find park our parking spot. Yeah, like that get shuttled sucked. over. Yeah, it would have been awful. So I'm glad that we did it, but we I was hungover. You bookended. Hung over there, hung over home. And it was funny because I'm like, I haven't even made it to Vegas yet. Now I was nothing like I was on the way home no. from Vegas. If you go back and listen to last week's, that was the worst hangover of my absolute life, worst day of my life. That wasn't as bad, but like I didn't feel great. And I'm like, I'm starting Vegas when, which you know, as soon as you get off the plane in Vegas, it's go, go, go. And I'm already hungover. Like I'm fucked. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Basically. I was worried. From the get. Because we had plans on Sunday night. I know. And and we hit the ground running. So Monday you woke up feeling like crap. I rallied Sunday though that night with dinner. I was throwing back the espresso martinis. I was dancing at the Chateau. I was... Piano bar, like I definitely, um, you were. I rallied. But I think that's what sent you over the edge. I woke up Monday with like I was sick, sick, like not, yeah. hum- but like sick. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Well, we never talked about even how you emceed yeah. at TravCon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I was just thinking last week we did the TravCon episode, but we never talked about how you had to like emcee the room, I and, like basically. Yeah. I was basically in charge of the Allied room. And making sure the speakers were on, you know, on time yeah. and introducing them and, you know, all the, what do you call them, announcements and, you know, whatever. Which I did a horrible job. But no. I did. And I said, just the fact that you even volunteered, because they asked you, like, and that you just said yes, like, on a whim. And you had no preparation. You didn't really know anything. And, like, you kind of just were like, yeah, I'll do it. And you showed up and you did it. And I, I think that's awesome. I will say that I was noticing that the guy that introduced Stephen Ellen. For their talk. He gave all the announcements. Yeah. Right? But did you see what happened? They had no time for Q&A. And I didn't like that. I didn't want to give the announcements and run into their 50 minutes of talking. Even if it was four minutes, five minutes. That's three questions. Right. And so I didn't really give a lot of announcements. Yeah. I just was introduced the speaker. And that was it. Because yeah. then I'm like, they have more time. Because I know as a speaker... You're watching the clock, yeah. and you're like, dude, I want to... I gotta go, baby. Right, I've already, like, measured my talk. If if we go off on another tangent or something, like, I only have room for so much, and then I want to answer questions. Yeah. And they didn't get a chance to answer questions, and I didn't like that, so I was proud of myself for not doing announcements. Yeah. I think you did a great job. I just... You were I just, also, like, goes to show, like, when you're not feeling well and you're hungover like that, you're just not showing up as your normal energized vibration. Well, I said Dylan Collier was my best friend <laughs> in the world. 
And I mean, he's a great friend. Would I consider him a best friend in the world? That's like calling like every week to check no, in. No, no, no. Like I hadn't seen Dylan in forever. I thought he dropped off the map. So you were supposed to say your favorite like PT, like travel, travel friend yeah, in the world. Yeah, your favorite. Which PT. Dylan is high ranking on my yeah. list of friends. But is he my best friend in the world? And then I felt like I threw <laughs> him off with that. Like, so how do you awkward. come back from that? And then. Like, it was almost like a dating thing. Like, do you really think I'm your best friend in the world? Like, like is this how you treat you. your best friend in the yeah. world? Like, you never call him, never check in. We haven't seen And then I'm like, yeah, that is how I treat my best friends in the world. You're horrible at, like... Maybe, checking it. Yeah, yeah checking it. But anyway, I said that and then I panicked because I'm like, did I just say that? Did that just come out of my mouth? Yeah. How can I walk back from this? And then it was too late. Oh. And then it was the recruiter panel. So they were all staring at me. And he just, he asked me on a whim, bro, I need your energy. So I was trying to bring it. And yeah, I you got, weren't even supposed to introduce him. He was supposed to do it I wasn't it even himself. supposed to be in the room. Right. So like, that's what I'm saying is that the fact that you just got up there and did that on a whim, like I wouldn't be able to, I'd be like, wait, what do you want me to say? I need to prepare, like get yourself in a place. Like what, it was literally. Well, I should prepare. It was literally two, but you weren't prepared to talk to. Uh, introduced Dylan. It was two seconds before he walked on stage and said, hey, bro, I really need your energy. Can you get up there and introduce me? And you were like, yeah. So you just kind of went up there and just like ripped. Right, but it goes to show you it's not like I knocked it out of the park. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So maybe I shouldn't agree to those things. But you did it. And I'm proud of you. Because even that night at the, when we were at the bar, uh, piano bar was late. And I knew you were just emceeing, but I was like, you know, do you want to go home? Like, we got to get you home because you need to, like, be... You can't be hungover. I remember I was like, Joe, I have to go home. I have to read. Yeah. And he, he's like, okay, you better go home. You need to study and, like, get all your stuff done. You're like, I'm going to go home and, like, get all, like study all night. Even Joe was like, okay, bro. Like, you have to read. Like... I know. Yeah, no. But it's just because if it would have been me... Oh, yeah, you would have been oh, better I would have been like, I need to go home at 9 because, again, I'm a, a preparer. But good. I'm a planner. I like to feel my best. And I don't, I'm not good at winging things. I, I like to feel confident in what I'm doing. And that's where we're opposite because even though you didn't necessarily do, you didn't, you didn't handle it the way you normally would or wanted to. But the fact that you just did it. It says a lot about you can just get up and figure it out and wing it and you still did a good job. All right, I'll take that. I'm proud of you, Moving bro. On. Okay. So let's talk about my job, boy. Just go, yeah. Like We're the, ending this. Yeah, I'm done. Set the tone. Uh, what? <laughs> so we're not gonna tell the story? <laughs> so stay tuned for next week. <laughs> next week. We'll finally tell we're you. We're gonna we're gonna actually have somebody for an interview, but no, we have to tell this no, story. We'll just yeah. We'll just have story. them on there to hear our story. Perfect. Okay. They'll love it. And it's <laughs> like they have like ten minutes. Like okay, back to you back guys. To so you. like, what's your story? Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. How'd you travel? Cool. Uh, all right. Cool. Wrap it up. Back yeah. to us. So, yeah. um, okay. So, long story short. If you've been listening, then you know we're in Poughkeepsie. Aaron took a contract here. And the the idea was that I was... The, the whole point is we both wanted to work this time. And there was a job opportunity for me, which was awesome. Because we're like, great, Aaron's going to go. He's going to get started. It was a super high bill rate. Let's lock that in. And then the ultrasound job will pop up. It'll be a little bit later. We'll figure it out, right? We both wanted to work, 
because our goal coming here was that if we both work and we could drag this out for as long as possible, like five or six months would be ideal, and we're both working, we could save enough to put a down payment on a house, which is something we want to do not right now, because like the interest rates are crazy and all of that, but like in the future. And so we're like, we'll be prepared and we'll have that money when the time comes, we'll be ready to do it. So we're like, that was kind of the goal for this. And that's why we both wanted to work. Right. Because we're seeing the housing market blow up. There's a lot of houses for sale. Now I'm watching all the prices drop, but nobody's buying because the interest rates are so high. So I want to be so ready when those interest rates come back down, because then there's going to be a whole slew of houses that we can afford that we want That'll be perfect. I want to be ready to make that move. When that's going to happen, I have no idea. Yeah. But that was our intention. And also the intention was we actually had a our recruiter call us and say, hey, just want to say, if you both are getting contracts, we need to make sure that Kim gets one because she hasn't worked in a year yeah. and three months. Yeah. So Kim was supposed to be the head honcho on this the one. The driver of the ship. Yeah. And that's another thing to think about, right? Because this is the longest that like I haven't had a job. So now we're over a year and you, when you have, you can fill in the gaps on your resume. Like I, we filled them in, we are traveling, we are here and it's, I've never had an issue before, but now it's like, okay, you've had a year, right? So like you have to be able to, like, I need to take a job if I, if I want to keep traveling, if I, whatever. And, or I could pick up some PRN work or something like that, but something there's too big of a gap. And even just from that perspective but my own perspective of like, wow, like I haven't scanned in a year, (laughs) you know, it comes back to you. I've been a sonographer for so long. I know I pick things up quick again, but you feel rusty and being a traveler walking in feeling that way when you have to hit the ground running is different than like starting just a new job where you get to train like a normal human. Right. So anyways, all those things were going on. So the ultrasound job finally came up and last week oh and this will be the other thing i wanted to say before obviously you know aaron and i are entrepreneurs right and we have created traps and we have you know our backpacks and we have this podcast and we have you know our trips that we're doing and we have traveler school right so we're we've we've built a business and that is a full-time job and so we are able to make it work with like one of us working because it does require so much time and energy. It really is a full-time thing. And especially now with these backpacks and stuff like oh my gosh. with the website, it's, it's just a lot. So for one of us to work and the other one's home running Travsess and doing like the cooking and the grocery shop and all the other house things is what works because with both of us working, it's a lot. Well, like, it's even started to encroach in on the dinner making and grocery store and like the chores. So I have to even help pick up yeah. pieces on that because Trav says, thank God, it's a blessing that it's gotten to that point. But it's a lot of work. It's, and it, we're still in startup stage. Oh my God. I mean, we are still a startup business. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we want to do these, you know, these interviews on this podcast and like scheduling those things. And yes, like there are ways to minimize that. But this is how we've seen things to work right now. And we want to keep going with it. Right. And so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for both of us to be working because it 
if both of us are working, yes, it's great money, which again, our goal is to make enough money to save for this down payment. So we're like, okay, it makes sense. We'll figure it out. We'll just hustle our asses off. We'll get through it. It'll be a few months. We'll figure it out as we go. It felt worth it because of that big goal that we had and we knew it would, we'd get there a lot faster with both of us working than with one of us to save that kind of money, right? 20% down on whatever. So we were like, that makes sense. In reality, though, like with both of us working, Trav says has to take a back seat because we can't both work full time and all of the things and work on like we can do it. But it just things are much slower. We don't have the same stamina and the same creative energy and time to put into the projects we're working on. So all of that stuff has to take a back seat. I will say that if if we were both working just because we've talked this out so much. If we're both working, Travstess could still survive and, and limp along, but our relationship would falter, our health would falter, and we realized we couldn't do healthy relationship, healthy life, Travstess, and both work. And adventure, and just live a normal life. Yeah. Right. And we still could, regardless of, like, well, our relationship's always first, so I feel like that's something that... Right, so then Travstess would drop. Regardless, Travstess. There's, like... You spend 8 to 10 hours, 12 hours a day working on stuff. So regardless, you can't work 12 hours a day in a hospital or 8 hours a day in a hospital and 8 hours in in process. Like there's absolutely no way in the world you could do that, right? So regardless, like it would have to, like things would slow. We just wouldn't be able to go as fast. That's it. Things would continue. It would slow down. We get that. We understood that. We still both wanted to work because of our goal. So ultrasound job in Poughkeepsie finally comes available, right? We're like, this is what we've been waiting for. We're home from TravCon. Let's go. So I end up talking to, so I first, um, I've been talking to the lead sonographer on Instagram because again, like the travel community, somebody who is in the travel community on Instagram reached out and said, hey, I see you're looking for a job in Poughkeepsie. My best friend's lead. Let me hook you guys up and talk. So I've been talking to her before the job even became available. So I just got this weird feeling and I said, I reached out to her and I said, hey, I just want to, like, this is going to be a daytime position, right? I don't know why I just, like, assumed it. (laughs) I just did. We were like, yeah, daytime, whatever. And she was like, oh, no. no, (laughs) Oh, it's not. It's probably going to be overnights, maybe some. um, Weekend overnights. Maybe some 3 to 12 in there. Like, we need night shift and uh, overnight shift because they just had this huge mass exodus and they have hired, I think it was like seven new grads and it's just the lead. And then one of the managers helping out who's been scanning too. So she's like, we need somebody to help train these new grads that they can be on their own. That's the point. She's basically trying to train them all by herself. And they're brand new, like fresh out of school. So she's like, I'm working with them during the day and I'm training. And then, um, so we need somebody to do three to 12 in the overnights. But she's like, I'm not hundred percent sure, but you can talk to Kelly, who's the manager or whatever, when you guys talk. So finally talk to her. Cause then I'm like, fuck, like, okay, if it's, if it's three to 12 or something, yeah, I could do that. It's, it's, that, that was still a push. It's not ideal. I work eight to six thirty. Yeah. It's not ideal because again, like this isn't just a normal 
contracts we're taking, right? We're not just normal travelers. We're doing other things. So for you and I to go without seeing each other at all during the week and the week, like that just wouldn't work. We wouldn't mm. be able to talk or get anything done. But I was like, whatever, I can suck it up. We'll, we'll be, suck it up for three months. We'll suck it up for three months because this also didn't seem like it was going to be like a long-term thing anyways with an extension because they're like, they'll be ready in a couple of months. Like they'll be ready. Um, and once they're ready, we're good. Like we're staffed. We just need someone to help us get there. So then um, I was like, okay, well, I guess I could probably do that. And then it was the weekends, which fuck, like I don't want to work on the weekends, but willing to, to, to be flexible. So then I ended up talking to the manager and it was going to be a varied, basically a mix between working overnight. So 12 to 8 is 5 eights. So working 12 to 8 a.m., and 3 to 12 a.m. So it wasn't like, oh, you're only working nights. Because I worked nights one time at Stanford. And I was like, I'll never do this again. It was not for me. I just, I, I don't, I need my sleep. I like the, I, it was just, it really threw me off. And I was able to do it for a couple of months. And I was like, I'll never do it again. But that was just working nights. So I actually had a pretty good schedule. Because I went in at 11 p.m., to 7 a.m. So I had a pretty good schedule. It was just all overnight. It still sucked. This was overnight and then coming back at 3 and working 3 to 12 and then maybe doing another overnight. Like, it was all over the place. And I was like, no. <laughs> like. Right. And there's also, you know, I'm getting some details in IR. Again, we don't like to take, you know, the outside what do you call it? Like influence perspective. Influence because we like to get a feel for it ourselves. People have their own perceptions of things, which is great. But there are some things that do send up your red flags and you're just like interesting. I mean, the fact that they had a mass exodus all based off of schedule and then there was a traveler well, there. Well, you found out it was based off schedule because the people you work with. Right. What did they say? So they just, just say said they that said. their varied schedule and it wasn't like anything consistent and... They well, were just kind of tired of it. And they tell you you'll work one thing, but you're working another thing. So, like, don't trust whatever they tell you your schedule is. It will not be that. Right. And then, so basically, like, a lot of the people there left. And they said that they... Somebody told me the other week that it was basically um, the... They got rid of the people that are seasoned and they only got new grads because they don't know any better. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So there was lots of red flags. But again, I was like, okay, let me think this through. Because even though this is going to suck, right? And again, I'm just not somebody who's good at that flip-flopping around either. Like, I want to... I need a schedule of some sort, right? Like, when am I going to work out? When am I going to be able to work in traps? When are you and I going to be able to work on stuff? And, like, being like, I'm working overnight and then a normal shift. And, then like, and on top of that, training new grads, which at first I was kind of excited about because I'm like, oh, like, I like teaching. I like training. I'll just make them do everything. But then I'm like, uh, then they have a million questions Then they need you to help with something. So something that would take 15 minutes now takes an hour. So it actually ends up being a lot of extra energy, you know, and it's not like you're just doing your own thing, banging them out on you go. And, and so we were just like talking about, I'm like, I 
don't know if I can do this flip floppy bullshit. No, and I think like listening to your gut again, that's something that we always work on and, and take things that have happened and then look at them and talk about them and like really hone in on that gut feeling. And the minute as we were talking even more about this thing and the job hadn't even posted, it just did. It, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. But there's that level of like, well, we need to at least talk to them. Right. And see what it's like. And yeah. you get a feel for it. And see where that goes. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, you have all the outside, you know, commentary coming in. You have your own feelings. But then you still need to, like, finalize that and, and get a feel yeah. for it. And I got off and I was like, again, this is, it's only about the money. Obviously, right? Like, why do we take on, like, to make money? This was specifically to oh, make yeah. the money. That's, that's, yep. And... You know, we waited out too. So this is a really high pay rate for Aaron. It's a great contract. So he's basically making what both of us used to make working. Yeah. So contract. pre pre COVID contracts. Yeah. So he's making almost four thousand a week, which back in the day when contracts were like two thousand nineteen hundred, you know, around there, um, both of us would work, and it's almost the same, right? This. So I thought, oh, well, this is going to be like the same rate you had. Like, that's freaking awesome. That's a no brainer. Yeah. And then it was way lower. They were saying it was like 2,500 gross. And I'm like, that's gross. Right. So then I ended up, they said they would do that for net because I'm like, uh, I'm working the shittiest shift ever rotating overnights and regular nights. What the hell is that? Weekends. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh. And this was the kicker. Not having two days off in a row. Right. That Okay, that was the other thing. It's like, okay, if you can have, if you're working the weekends, whatever, but you get Mondays, Tuesdays off, or you get Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever, or Tuesdays, Wednesdays, but you have those two days off because it makes you feel like you have a weekend. Like, you have to have that time to, like, recharge, whatever. I need two days off in a row, period. So that was the other thing. Like, that wasn't a guarantee. So... All of that, so all of that being like, well, if I'm making four thousand a week, can I suck it up? Yeah, maybe. But but the the pay rate was, you know, oh, like a normal a, a normal. It was a thousand dollars less a week than I was making. Yeah, it was a normal contract. So it's just crazy the fact that like, a them knowing how shitty this is they wouldn't like why would they have IR be this high crisis rate like, yeah you I don't guys, even feel like they need me yeah you guys are just like chilling whatever where and you get to work days no weekends well call call right but like not you have a normal schedule four tens every Wednesday's off it's very clear and then this shit show over here why aren't they offering crisis pay for that because that's crazy mm -hmm. right so Anyway, we went back and forth, and you were actually the one who was like, I don't want, I don't think this is a good idea. I agree. What? I agree. No, I mean. No, that's what you, you said, I don't think this is, I don't think you should do it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like, because it was just feeling so, everything just kept coming in. It was like one thing after another of a realization, and I think we just went into this picturing the fact that you were going to work. Like, so you're kind of clouded and jaded in a, in a way until you start collecting the facts. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what are we really doing? What are we trying to accomplish here? Right. We're like, so the benefit, do the benefits outweigh the shit of it? And like pros and cons. And it was like, okay, even at that lower pay rate, I would still make, you know, it was like 10, it would be 10 weeks because they also said I could end at the same time as Aaron. Um, 
And so 10 weeks, uh, it was it was good money, but we were like all the things that are going to now take a step back because of this schedule. Because again, if they would have been like, oh, you're Monday through Friday, seven to five, three or whatever, it would have been a no brainer, right? Easy, we can plan, we can schedule things, we can get work done when we need to, we could hustle, we could figure it out. This was not, um, it wasn't, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it, it wasn't um, conducive conducive to all the other things that we have going on. And you were just like, dude, we're not going to be able to do shit. Like you're working overnight. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to sleep during the day. But then you have to go back at three. Then you have to work. He's like, this is going to be ridiculous. Like you're not going to be able to do anything. So everything else is going to have to take a back seat, which our number one goal in life is to build up Travses and to have that grow. Right. And, um, to be able to work in that full time one day. That's our number one goal. So we're fine financially. I'm working, we're fine. It might take us a little bit longer to save that kind of money for a down payment, but we're not in a rush. We can't buy a place right now because of the interest anyways. So we're not in this huge rush. I feel, I'm quoting you, but you're like, I feel like this would do more harm than it would anything else for the other side of our life that we're trying to build and create you would just be going to work to make X amount of money and it would be a really shitty time. Well, totally. And I think going into it, my gut was already like, we, we have never worked, both of us work a contract since Travis has launched. Mm-hmm. So like, we've never experienced that. With that being said, instantaneously, we're like, we're both working for money for a down payment and just really pad our personal savings I was like, okay, that sounds good, but at what cost? There was something still inside of me that was like, I don't think this is a good idea. But I've never experienced it yet. Maybe we can make it work. You and I tend to do that, and we'll, we'll figure it out. No biggie, whatever. But I also want to say you skimmed over it, but um, the whole... Uh, oh, crap. I was going with it. Oh, man, I had it. Sorry. Basically, you were saying in the, you found out in the interview. Oh, that's what it was. You found out in the interview that they said, oh, well, you can end when your husband's contract's over because Mm -hmm. the girls will be trained. So to really do like the goal that we wanted to fit was six months. Oh, yeah. And I have the ability to possibly extend. Mm -hmm. That's on the table, right? But the fact that they were like, you can end when your husband ends because they'll be trained by then, it means it wasn't long-term. So what are we really doing? Right, and I would never, ever work something like that in the long-term. Well, ever. correct, and right? that's, that's so another thing. So it didn't anyways. even matter. So then it like all... Working re- daytime wasn't an option, right? Right, it all retraced back to like, the minute you found out that you couldn't work days, I was instantly just like, no, this isn't going to work. I know. So it just didn't make sense. So I am going to say no to the job and um and I actually feel really good about that because now I can just be home as I have been working full-time in Travses which is something that is really exciting and a lot of fun things that we have planned and want to create and so it's like I get to do that you're going to work you're making great money still and we can figure it out you know in December what's next and also, I got a uh, one of the vascular surgeons that Aaron works with basically kind of hooked me up with his office 
and I've been kind of going back and forth with them. So there's a opportunity to maybe do some PRN, which we were just thinking, well, that would actually probably be perfect because I would keep my skills up. I would be able to have something on my resume that said I worked during this time. It's PRN. It's daytime. It's no weekends. And so that seems no like call. no call. So that seems like that might be a good fit. So it's always, is there something better? It always works out. But I do feel like you have to trust your gut. We talk about this all the time. You have to trust your gut because again, we, you know, I was being pulled by the money and you can always chase money. There's always money to be made. You can, there's always more money to make all the time. And, but, but you really, like, we really had to do a gut check of like, but what at the cost of what? And is it really worth it? Is that where we're at right now in our life that that is worth it? And for us in that moment, it wasn't. And, it, and we felt it in our gut, even though maybe on paper, it didn't really make sense. Because it was like, oh, but Sound we, familiar? Yeah, exactly. Like what we always talk about. Like you have to trust your gut. And as soon as we made that decision, it was like we felt like a ton of weights had just been lifted. And we're like, this is the right choice this is what feels good to us and you can feel it on a cellular level of just like this isn't right it's not right well and totally and again like now that i know that i'm gonna fulfill my three-month contract and we'll go from there we'll go from there and i'm I'm hoping i was talking to a couple people that colorado is gonna pop up and maybe the timing will be perfect We'll, we'll see but now it's just like okay i'm gonna go in there and i also wanted to say too like where we're at in our business it's a perfect suit for the personality types like i've figured out that i can go to work come home and and kim has things lined up for me to do and i can get those things done before i go to bed before i go to work the next day kim is a genius at organizing putting things on the schedule getting things ready to go and getting things lined up whereas like integrating you're the integrator i'm not very good at doing all that i feel overwhelmed with that i'm just like yo what do i need to get done tell me what i need to get done Here's an idea I have. Can you make that work or not? Mm-hmm. And then I go to work and do my thing, make the money, come home, and this this ship sails very straight and very fast. Yeah. Like we're both in the right roles right now. Yeah. You know? And yeah. So that's the story behind it. And again, I think just the takeaway too is always trust your gut. And if something doesn't feel right for whatever reason, it's not right. And just, just trust that. Like always always listen to that because for whatever reason if it felt very chaotic and it felt very stressful and it felt very much all over the place like even just talking to her even before I talked to her it just always felt chaotic but I kept pushing that down because I'm like no 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 no. this is perfect it's the money we're both at the same hospital this is what we want this is what we need right now and I kept kind of going against that even though deep inside it felt very out of alignment with what felt good and also we would have had to rent a car and, and that was like a whole nother thing. And I don't know. It was just, well, what did, what did your mom say? My mom said, my love sky. I know. Chaos. Out to sky. Chaos, chaos doesn't mirror reality. Yeah. She, cause we were texting back and forth and she asked me and she's like, you know, she'll never tell me what to do. But when she asked me, what would you, would you decide? And I said, you know, I decided not to, it just didn't feel right. And she goes, I a hundred percent felt that it felt just really out of alignment and she said chaos never mirrors reality reality. and it was like huh it was like one of those things that made me think of like you're right when something 
feels very chaotic. It, it really, to me anyways, I've learned that when something's chaotic, it's out of alignment with, with what's the right next step. When it feels, again, that's different from there's bumps in the road, there's challenges, you got to figure things out. Like, of course, all of those things happen. It doesn't mean you're, it's wrong. But when something feels very chaotic and you know that feeling inside, it's like the swirliness of just like, ah, this feels like all over the place. Usually, well, for me, it's not the right thing. Because reality, your life is meant to be in alignment. It's meant to flow. It's meant to feel good. It's meant to feel with ease. Even if you're nervous, even if there's struggles, it's still meant to, you feel at ease with it. You feel like you know when you're kind of going in the right direction like and the how feeling, to navigate it. Like the feeling we had when we came to the conclusion that this contract exactly. was not for you. Then it felt right. It cl- right. It clicked. It was <coughs> excitement. Weight was lifted. I actually had a twinkle in my step. I was excited to go to my contract. I'm excited to go to work now. It feels right. Exactly. It like clicked in. That's reality. Exactly. And it doesn't feel chaotic. It feels, it just feels like it clicks. And that is the words of the wise guy. <laughs> I think that's it, man. That's it. That's it. Let's, let's wrap this up. That's why I said no. Trust your gut. Go to the TWA. Get wasted, watch the planes. You'll love it. And yeah. we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you finish it with what we like to finish it with? Map your own path and stay travsessed. We'll see you next Tuesday, my friends. Beautiful. Beautiful friends.